to me, money mindset is your attitude toward money and your relationship with money. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 344. And today, let's discover what successful women need to do to retire financially free. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expert-based entrepreneurs. And today we're going to go deep into the world of thriving financially. And I got to say, I love this topic so much. We talk a lot about mindset. We talk a lot about making money, but what do we do with that money when we've made it, like, how do we make sure our money is going to work for us so it can help us spend our golden years without having to work our tails off, right? Like we really can be free to do as little or as much work as we want and do the things that we love to do. And my guest today is an extraordinary woman. She went through guest expert system and we fine-tuned this talk and these these topics in a way that I am just excited to share with you today. You're going to love this. Whether you're a woman or a man, these um, strategies and these insights really speak to all of us. And one of the things that made me really excited about this topic was a conversation I was having with some friends recently, other entrepreneurs, and we're like, um, yeah, so who's planning for retirement age? None of us are that far away from it. And, you know, some people are, some people have strategies in place and a lot of people didn't. So this is for you. If you know that it's time to start preparing financially for what comes after the work life, right? Now, before I introduce you to the guest today, I want to talk a little bit about mindset. Our guest today is going to talk a lot about mindset and how it plays into being prepared for your financial future. But there's a lot of ways our mindset is playing into the success we have right now and how that success is going to fuel our future financial stability. I have noticed that many experts are holding themselves back and they are literally invisible to potential opportunity, to potential clients, to their industry. And people literally don't know what they do because they are a best kept secret. And a lot of it is locked up in limited beliefs and fears. So I wanna introduce you to a quiz I put together to help you really understand what is in the way right now of you being seen by your best clients. If you head over to melaniebenson.com forward slash authority quiz, take that really short quiz and then I'll help you unpack it with a little bonus training if you decide to share your email address to get the next step that's there for you. So again, go to melaniebenson.com forward slash authority quiz. You can take the quiz, you can find out how you score. And if you want to put your email in, you'll get some bonus training to help you unpack it. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I'm excited for today's conversation for several reasons, but let me introduce our guest today, Linda Lingo. We are talking about the successful woman's financial guide 
What to Do by 59 to Retire Financially Free. Now, let me introduce this amazing expert and guest today. Linda is a CPA and a financial life coach with a mission to help professional women planning for their golden years to retire with confidence and financial security. With over 30 years of experience in the financial industry, Linda has helped countless women create clear retirement plans that provide them with a comfortable and stress-free life after work. Linda is an involved community leader serving as the treasurer of the Women's Fund, Assertive Women Entrepreneurs, and Women of Vision, and she now lives in Oregon to be closer to her family and is thriving in her dream life, which includes traveling, reading, gardening, and everything about wine. Linda, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Melanie. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Well, one thing I know about Oregon is they have now gone up on the list of some of my favorite wines outside of Europe. So I had the best time (laughs) in uh, Oregon last year experimenting with the wines there. And I had said, like, I was pleasantly surprised. Glad to hear it because we do have some awesome wineries. Mm -hmm. So Yes, having been from California, I was a little bit of a wine snob, you know, thinking Napa and Sonoma were it, but afraid not, not anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I literally told one of my quote unquote wine snob friends who um, she doesn't like drink anything that's not a $50 bottle. (laughs) I said, we're going to Oregon and we're going to Willamette Valley because I've never had such great whites in my life. So um, yeah, don't be surprised if we show up in your backyard in the near future. I'd love to have you. (laughs) Well, we're talking about finances and planning for retirement, and I just wanted to give a little context to today's conversation for a couple of different reasons. One, um, when you and I met, you, you went through Guest Expert System, and I was enamored with your topic for so many reasons, and one of which is what you are about and who how you show up for women and their financially their ability to thrive financially in their golden years as you put it i think is so critical and so important and as entrepreneurs and people who are in charge of our own financial destiny this is a very undervalued and underprioritized area of our lives and so thank you for doing this work in the world and thank you for bringing your wisdom to the show today well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. And I totally agree. I think too many times, especially as entre- entrepreneurs, we forget to pay ourselves. And uh, we're kind of at the end of that, you know, the priorities. And so, yeah, that's the conversation I have with so many women, why we need to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a picture, having been in this industry for a really long time. And by the way, before I get too deep into this, I just want to say to our male audience, um, even though we are highlighting women and our our the women in our community today, everything we're talking about around financial planning and retirement is just as relevant for you. Um, you know, you have a unique passion, Linda, for women. Um, and do you want to share why before we deep deep dive into some of the other attributes here? Uh, well, for several reasons, but first of all, um, just because of my own career path being in having a MBA in finance and being a CPA person, I realized early on how important it was. And I had to kind of figure it out on my own. I wasn't given a lot of guidance. So it was trial and error, if you will. And then um, going through a divorce after 40 years of marriage, I 
I had our retirement planned out and it obviously changed drastically. And uh, just sharing that with women, um, you know, whether you're anticipating a divorce or not, just how important it is to be involved in your retirement planning. Um, And we'll get into some of the the statistics in in a few minutes. Yeah. And so I'll add my two cents into that just from another angle is I see a lot of women in our industry who are really like not driven by money. And by the time they're getting to the years of retirement, they're looking at that path and saying, wow, like I have to work until I'm like a hundred. <laughs> and, and I think like planning for the life we want in the future, whether we decide to retire by sheer like desire to have freedom in our lives or because we have to, because we can't work anymore. This is such an important conversation to be having. So Linda, I hope you get booked on thousands of shows and stages to help women have the courage to take this step in their life and and really just have a have a guide that feels good. Thank so, you. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but let's just put this out on the table. Like, why why do you believe it's so important for women in particular to save for their own retirement? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First one is statistically women live longer than men on average, about five years longer than men. And the other thing is in retirement, on average, our healthcare costs are cutting, costing about $250,000. So we obviously have to plan for that. And unfortunately, approximately 60% of us women age 65 and older are going to be single, divorced, or widows. So it really is important for us to understand our finances and not to abdicate to our husband or to our financial advisor or someone else thinking they've got my best interests all taken care of. And they might, but it's really important for you to understand the dollars and cents of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think understanding and having somebody who really can speak to us in our language, like the way we see the world is really critical here, right? And and I'm sometimes we go meet with the experts and the experts make it more confusing. (laughs) So I'm more of like, make it make it easy to make it down to earth for me. Right. I always say, you know, there's the lingo and then there's the lingo. (laughs) Mm. And and we want to put it into the kiss. Keep it simple, sister. And that is my philosophy. So yeah, I love it. Well, I I think we all know that there is um, a financial plan that we probably need. Talk to me about what you see necessary. You know, I know, having worked with you a bit, that you have four steps inside your financial plan. So unpack that for us a little bit. Yeah. So um, at your urging, I came up with the VIP Wealth Strategies. And so that stands for V is for values. We start with values and our money mindset, which I think is really critical because having been um, a financial advisor, meaning I I invest people's money, which I pivoted to being a financial coach and doing the education part of it. But financial advisors don't talk about uh, money mindset or how values uh, impact your decisions as far as um, goals that you're setting with your money. So we start there 
Um, and then we move on to the I, which is the intentional spending and saving part of it. I hate the word budget. People always laugh at me when I say that. It makes me cringe. <laughs> I think it's so confining. But I, I have developed the intentional saving and spending plan, which I love. It gives us um, expansion. It gives us control. It gives us the opportunity to spend with joy, and uh, which I'm a firm believer of. And then the second I is investing. So I work with clients as much or as little as they want to on the investing part of it. And then, of course, the P is protecting what you've worked so hard to accumulate. And that has to do with um, leaving a legacy either now through um, philanthropic uh, pursuits or, you know, once you've passed. So that's the VIIP plan uh, that I work with my clients on. Love the intentional spending versus a budget. Oh my God, it feels so much better to think about being intentional rather than restricted, right? Because the budget always feels so restricting. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. excellent. I like it. Okay. Uh, you know me, I'm a huge fan of mindset and I love that you're bringing mindset into this work, but let's just um, let's assume for a minute that our community um, doesn't really know what mindset means in this context. What do you mean by mindset when it comes to money and investing and preparing for our financial future? Yeah, so to me, money mindset is your attitude toward money and your relationship with money. Hmm. It starts with your attitude. You know, our brains are incredible. That constantly amazes me what what we've got up here. But our attitude is actually something that starts with our money story as early as age three. And that's all around how we were brought up with money, how our parents acted, whether, you know, and everybody has their own money story. There's no right or wrong, but it's just getting in touch with that, understanding what it is. And then um, deciding, you know, is that the, the money relationship I want to have? I mean, my own story, I grew up the oldest of five on a farm. Um, and so one of my money stories was you have to work hard for money. And I translated that into, you know, work, you can't have fun working and making money. It's like they didn't go together. And once I made that mind shift, it was like, oh my gosh. That's really when I started having so much fun with what I was doing and who I was coaching. So that was mm. a big shift. So it's your attitude and your relationship to money because, you know, money can either be our friend or it can be uh, dominant over us or we can have this fear based attitude toward us, toward money. And so um, that's also part of our, our attitude and our, our money mindset. I am so curious about this one. I want to go a little bit deeper, if you don't mind, because I personally come from a long line of women who struggled with money mm. and who didn't have resourcefulness with money and who had money limiting them in life mm. and did not prepare for their futures. Um, you know, I had one uh, of my um, the people in my history who um, she happened to have enough money, but she didn't make her own money, right? And and so I'm really curious from your point of view, how our relationship with money and the stories we have about money 
impacts that intentionality about preparing for retirement and and like being proactive here? Well, it goes deep. So depending on the money story, you know, some people are brought up on never having enough. So I had one client and, you know, they, her parents lived paycheck to paycheck. And so what happened was when they got the paycheck, they went out and they, they, they consumed, they bought. And so they bought the groceries, they bought everything they needed and it was spent like within a day or two. And so it was this huge um, roller coaster effect with money. And so she was, she found herself doing the same thing and didn't realize why until we started unpacking it. So, so there's, there can be that there can be, um, you know, if you have kind of set your a ceiling on how much money you think you're worth or you're worthy of. And that was kind of my story. I kind of had, because my parents fought a lot over money, my concept was money brings arguments. And who wants to argue all the time? And so if you didn't, you know, I wanted enough to live comfortably, but anything over a certain amount was like too much and there'd be arguments over it. What does that do? That limits, that puts a ceiling on how much we think we're worthy of earning. That means we are capping how much we are able to save for retirement or to contribute to a 401k or you know, our social security is based on our highest 35 years of earnings. Well, if you, you know, unbeknownst to yourself are capping yourself on how much you think you're worthy of making, you know, you're you're stopping yourself as to how much you can contribute to social security or how much you can contribute to your 401 or any other type of retirement plan. So it can have a significant impact on your retirement years down the road without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. I have so many questions for you, but um, <laughs> we could do like a two hour workshop on this. Yes. And I know you, this is where, this is what you do, right? Is help women really make these shifts. But, you know, one thing I'm getting kind of curious about is you mentioned not having like budget focus, but having intentionality focus. Mm -hmm. So how does that translate for the woman or the man who is really making a commitment to prepare for their future? Like, what is that going to look like right now? Yeah. So um, when we talk about intentionality and it's not sex based, it's, you know, this is for everyone. Um, It means you understand your values. So values are really important to understand and to have as the basis really for your life. But it, it definitely impacts your money, because once you understand what your value is, any money goal you set needs to be in line in alignment with one of those values. So and and that as a result you will follow through. So it's not going to be like a new year's resolutions where oh yeah this sounds good I should be doing this. It's more like these are my values, these are my goals, they align with those values and that will give you that impetus to to follow through because it's intentional. It's intentional, whether it's on the spending side or whether it's on the saving side. So it mm-hmm. it all comes back to values, in my mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yes, I love that you're bringing values into the conversation because really, if we understand what we value and what we want to have the most of in our golden years, as you put it, I think that helps us be more intentional today to make sure that that 
is available to us at each stage in our journey. Exactly. Um, One of my clients was having a really hard time saving for her retirement. And when I had her go through and define her values, and then she was able to, to couch that goal in such a way that it was clearly in alignment with one of her values, which was freedom. Then, and only then, was she able to consistently uh, save for, for her retirement. And it was, it was eye-opening. I mean, she was just so joyful. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm going to sleep on my kid's sofa. You know, and that is the fear of so many women is that um, scarcity of running out of money. Mm-hmm. That gets very real. Like mm-hmm. that's happening in our life right now with um, one of uh, our older uh, relatives. Um, yeah. And, and she, she, she invested, <laughs> she, she had a retirement strategy and I think um you, you know, she's not going to be sleeping on our couch, but, you know, having those real conversations about what's possible and maybe not possible based on what she prepared for. Right. And I think right. that's what you're trying to help women do is have choices, have abundance, be able to thrive rather than feel constricted at, uh, towards the end of our years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that also takes, um, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, when I turned 50, um, and I don't know, I'm not saying you're there, Melanie. I'm there. Thank you for being <laughs> gracious, but I'm there. <laughs> when I turned 50, it was like, oh my, OMG, you know, first of all, how did I get here? And secondly, I I, I want to make sure that my next 50 years are, are really the, the best years of my life. And I know that's a cliche, but it's so true. It's like, because it's so easy to go to live life day to day and not really think about what is it you desire? You know, what is the life that you dream about? And I actually have my, my, my clients go through, I call it the dreaming exercise because I find that we, we spend so much time as, as taking care of everybody else, whether it's a wife, a mother, a caregiver to our aging parents um, that we don't spend time um, really knowing who we are and what we desire. And it's when we can can really formulate what we want that to look like that um, then those goals are in alignment once again with what we we desire, and it just um, brings it into focus, if you will. Mm-hmm. I agree. You mentioned a couple of different terms, and I I think it'd be really helpful if we just unpack those a little bit more and and understand when do we do each. You've mentioned saving for retirement, and we've also mentioned, you know, investing and and you know having an uh, a retirement strategy or a retirement plan. So, how do we know when we're supposed to be saving for retirement versus investing for future ability to retire? Great question. Um, so, saving is um, safe, and so typically, so let me rewind that a little bit. <laughs> so when we're saving for retirement, when I say that, I mean, first of all, make it automatic. So whether you're self-employed and you're putting it into your IRA or you're, you know, you're, you have access to a 401k or a 403b or whatever it is, but make it automatic. So have it come out and, and that's saving that that's automatic. The investing part is once that money is in that retirement account, 
then we want to make sure it doesn't just sit there in cash because cash doesn't earn anything. Actually, you'll lose money. You lose purchasing power because of inflation. But we want to invest it. And I'm not saying you have to be all in the stock market, but you should know what your options are. And that's where the investing uh, happens, whether it's a, you know, a mutual fund or an ETF or an index fund. And these are all you know, terms that um, I educate my clients on, but those are different investment options, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, we call them. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's how you make your money grow. That's where you, the compounding value is critical um, to, to growth and, and, and making sure that we're making the best use of our money growing for our retirement. Mm. I'm glad we're talking about this because I think this is a missed opportunity for so many people. Absolutely. And I want to dig into this one a little bit more. And I, I would love to hear from your point of view. When should we start saving? And when should we start investing to have, now I know we should do it wherever we are at any point, right? But when is the best time for us to start? Because we have a whole range of ages listening to the show. Let's get people set up for success from the get-go, right? Absolutely. As soon as you can, the better. I have, my daughter's 24. She has a Roth IRA and she contributes um, just $50 a month. But you know what? It's $50 a month. And that will gain her a couple hundred thousand dollars by retirement. That won't be enough, but it's a start. So mm -hmm. as early as you can, anything you can contribute is a great start. Make it automatic. Like I said, just set it up, get it out of your paycheck. You don't ever even miss it. The old, as as uh, we get closer to retirement, then, you know, we got to kick it into to high gear. And so that is where sometimes it becomes a little bit painful if we're like, oh my gosh, can I really be maxing out my 401k, you know, $25,000, $6,000 a year in that, you know, or my SEP IRA, if you're self-employed, you can be putting something like 61000 into that, you know, so it's, um, then, you know, it's like, okay, if you're super focused and you haven't been able to contribute, but now you're you're in your high earning years, and then definitely um, be contributing as much as possible. The, the rule of thumb, everybody wants to know, what's my magic number? How much should I yeah. save? Well, that's very individual, you know, but Fidelity says the rule of thumb is by the time you want to retire, so say you're 65 and you want to retire, you should have saved about 10 times your annual earnings. So if you're making a hundred thousand, you should have a million dollars sitting in your 401k. Okay. It's a rule of thumb. So, and there's other things that go, if you have a pension, you know, your social security. So there's a lot that goes into that number, but that's kind of the broad brush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to just take that a little bit more in the specificity to the entrepreneurial woman who might not have all of these 401k pensions and things like that. Uh, this was a really great distinction about saving and investing and like when to get started. I, this is super helpful. And I just want to take one step deeper, like for that woman, she's probably 40, maybe 50. 
And she's looking down the road. <laughs> she's thinking, okay, I'm not ready. <laughs> what is one thing they need to start doing today so that they can start feeling that sense of power over their future financial destiny? Um, at a minimum, they should be setting up a retirement plan for themselves. So if they are self-employed, they can do what's called a SEP, S-E-P, self-employed pension, IRA. Um, they can do, um, if if they choose not to do that, which is perfectly okay, but that would be the way to maximize the dollar amount that they can contribute towards a retirement plan. If they are... Um, if they're not able to do that, then just a simple IRA or Roth IRA. I love Roths. That's um, post-tax. So you pay tax on those dollars and then contribute it. The IRS doesn't give us much, but they give us two things. Roth IRA, which grows tax-free, has fewer restrictions around it in retirement. And when you take money out of it in retirement, there's no taxes on it at that time because you paid taxes initially. The other thing, which I do want to mention um, for that business owner as well as HSA, a health mm -hmm. savings account. That is an excellent opportunity. Now, I know that's for health, not for our retirement, but there's big health costs in retirement too. So it's important to save for both. And same thing, that's um, actually, you can put it in pre-tax you don't get taxed on it as long as you use it for health care. And um, so that's a win-win too. So those are two really simple things that they can open is a Roth IRA if they're only able to say put in the max, which is 6,000 or an HSA, which is less like 3,200, I believe. Anyway, um, those are two great things. But if you can kick it up, you, you know, the SEP IRA is really the way to go. I think that's so valuable. Thank you so much. I mean, you have so much knowledge and wisdom. And I mean, you're such a great asset for us females who are ready to, uh, you know, like get ready for the future. So I want to make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you. And you have a resource that you'd like to share with our community. Why don't you tell us what that is? Absolutely. At lindalingo.com. Uh, you can take a quiz and see what your propensity towards money is. And um, I'd love to have you access that. And um, also, um, yeah, so that that is. And then I'm on Instagram, Money Mama Mentor. Uh, my daughter came up with that for me. And then I'm on LinkedIn, of course, too. Yeah. And what I know, because I had a little peek behind the the curtains there and what you're doing is you've got some really extraordinary resources that once people sign up for that quiz, that they'll get access to, to help them go deeper into, you know, the money mindset and, you know, what they need to do to get that financial plan, not just in their head and thinking they should have one, but really get it out and get it going. Yes. Absolutely. And here's my other word of wisdom, if you will. We women, men too, but women have so many things on our plate, you know, whether it's taking care of the kids or it's our career or, you know, it's being a wife, being a grandma, whatever, whatever it is that we tend to wait. Mm -hmm. I'll get around to that. You know, I'll get around to it. Well, I'm urging you today, make your money a priority. Make it a priority because guess what? If you don't, nobody else will. And so set yourself up for success because 
that not only impacts you, it impacts your family, it impacts the community, it impacts the world. And that's what my goal, my mission is, is to change the world one woman at a time, helping her make money her best friend. I love that. And you are the perfect person to do that. So I'm glad I'm glad you're you're out there sharing this message. And I know as our listeners are tuning in, uh, you're going to want to go take this quiz. Even if you feel ready, let's make sure that you really are ready. (laughs) And there's always, um, you know, when you learn from the experts, there's always a few little places you can optimize to get even more of what you want out of your financial journey. So um, thank you. Uh, Linda, this is the time in our conversation that I like to have some fun questions so people get to know you a little bit more. You know, you have started this business after being in the workforce for many years from your your mission and your passion. I'm curious, what do you think is the boldest thing you ever did that now is amplifying the reach of the work you're doing in this business today? I think the boldest thing I ever did was... Um, Actually, becoming a financial advisor as a result of the really bad experience I had with my financial advisor and walking out after being totally talked down to, he was condescending, he couldn't answer my questions. And I thought, you know what? A, I'll never be here back here again. B, I can do this job better than you. And I never want another woman to have the experience I just had. And so at the age of 50, I became a financial advisor. I studied, I took my series seven and, and my, all the other exams I needed to take. And I became a financial advisor at age 50 and grew my practice from zero to 50 million. Loved it, but decided I wanted to transition from doing the investing part to doing more of the educating part. And that's why I'm here today. Hmm. Such, first of all, so inspiring and I love that you shared the age that it happened because I, I have had conversations with women in particular who felt like at certain ages, it was like, nah, I can't do that now. And you are a living proof that it doesn't matter how old you are, you have time to do the things you're passionate about and you can make them successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. All right. So if you think about today and you look back to the beginning of this business, What's one thing you wish you have done sooner because now you know how impactful it is? Ooh, that's a good question. I wish I would have been more vulnerable. Mm. I wish I would have been more authentic. I wish I would have shared my personal story sooner. I, you know, it, it kind of saddens me that I didn't, but I think there was this fear of judgment, mm-hmm. fear of judgment. Um, I won't go into all of my story, but I would say in the last six months, I have put out some of the most raw, open uh, emails with my my people that I ever have. And I've also gotten so many responses in like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. You know, this this is incredible. And just the feedback and the clients that I'm getting as a result of that. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there, be authentic and share your story because that's how people relate to you. Mm. What a beautiful ending to this conversation. (laughs) And I agree. Vulnerability is a superpower. And I think the more 
we're willing to be vulnerable and authentic in a healthy way, right? Yeah. You know, we want to, yeah, we want to be in a healthy way with it. Um, it is, uh, it's a mega attractor. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going Definitely. to turn on that connection with your, your community in that way. So thank you for sharing that. That was, yes. that was great. Lindalingo.com, my friends, go take the money quiz, go check out Linda's work. And please, I want to hear your intentionality today. Are you going to make that commitment to be intentional about your financial future? If you're in the Amplify Your Authority community and you see this episode go live, tell us about it. Uh, Make sure you reach out to Linda. Let her know the big ahas you got from today. Linda, thank you for being such a great example of guest expert system and bringing your extraordinary value to the world through podcasts. Thank you, Melanie. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 